Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the world's only comedy finance podcast. Today, the podcast is worth, at this recording, $1,197.92. I am your host, Joel Wachowski, and sitting in today is Leif. Hey everybody, how's everyone doing? My breadheads. Yeah, right? you're, yeah, your your breadheads, your breadheads, gluten gang, gluten gang. So Hell come yeah. on down and let's carbo load. Hell yeah! We, yeah, we are here. We're sitting on the precipice of the future. Uh, we're prepping for our future. We're, we're Andrew Yang, a secretary of the treasury, <laughs> mayor of New York City, which is the path to be the most reviled man in America. And I'm glad Leif is stepping in because really, I'm getting left behind by a lot of people today. You know that, Leif? Uh, listen, you'll feel much better after this because I am lost. I have been listening to this podcast. I'm now interested in investing. And I started looking around, just poking around the internet. And I am now in a worse place than I was before. Which is what this podcast is all about. You're lost. I'm John Locke, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> of course, you know, a lot of people are wondering, where is Matt Backus? I don't hear a falsetto voice bitching about <laughs> his mom not buying him a $700 watch. Women of the Backus family, if you're listening, hello, how, how are you? Hope you're well. But Matt is out in Los Angeles getting famous. He's getting a he's lot of clout. He's leaving us behind. Yeah, a little bit. He's he, out there. He, I, I did all this arranging. I was like, Matt, we're going to do the podcast at 5 o'clock on Thursday afternoon, and he says, no, I can't do it. I have a date with a Hollywood agent. <laughs> and then I, 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 you know, it is partially my fault, Leif. I didn't let Matt do know about this, but I did fall asleep at the on the acupuncture table uh-huh. before this. Oh, so no. that's why I ran about 50. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Have you ever had acupuncture? That. I've never had acupuncture. It's something I'm interested in, uh, but I just, I can't with, I don't, my insurance doesn't cover anything. Yeah, but acupuncture is cheap. You can get is a it? student special. It's like $35. That changes everything. I may do that soon. Yeah. And I may have to find your guy. Yeah. Well, it, it's a girl. You want to have a female acupuncturist. I don't know why, but every man <laughs> I've had has been bad. Every woman mm-hmm. has been great. It's it's uh, kind of similar to my sexual history. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying these men. I don't like them, but hey, what's a, what's an effort between the boys? Hey, why not? Get in there. Give your best shot. The old college try. Uh, yeah. Why, get, the old college try, which is, you know, probably the most accurate description. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, I, I I'm a comedian. I I put on shows. I will plug if you're listening. I got two fun dates this Sunday. Caroline's at seven thirty. The Stand at nine thirty. I'm doing a fun little bit on the roast battle. It's comedy fight club, so I won't write jokes, but I'll do mm. something stupid. Sure. So I found a a guy who looks like the person I'm facing. Yeah. And they're gonna play their his son. So that'll be a lot of fun for us. But really, my main hustle with comedy right now, the way I make money is I put on shows in a fancy apartment building. The fancy apartment pays me to put on the shows. I've got one tonight, and the guy who hired me, I'm told, no longer works for the company and is in another state. (laughs) And this guy, two days ago, he emailed me telling me to go to the Black History Month Mixer. I live in that kind of building. We're very progressive. And... What I want to know is what happened at this Black History Month mixer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in another state. That's not good. He he b- must have said some horrible things about George Washington Carver. Oh, he would. So we are here. We are ready to make money. The portfolio. Uh, before, before we get too carried away, I just have one question about the uh, acupuncture. How do you feel? I feel I feel a little bit woozy. Okay. I feel a little hungover, but sure. I have this crazy tightness in my back right now. I don't think it's an injury. Mm-hmm. But I need to get rid of it, so I've been trying all sorts of things: foam rolling, sauna. And, but you know, acupuncture is just so efficient; it goes directly to the root of the pain. Mm-hmm. So for a major injury, it's not going to do anything. But for the 
everyday aches and pains that can plague us, it's the most direct route of treatment, I I feel. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to check that out because I have the same issue. I have all sorts of back issues. I, I foam roll every morning, and it's been a game changer, but I'm always looking for new things. Yeah, I stole a foam roller last night from my <laughs> my building's <laughs> gym, cited <laughs> that. And my, my girlfriend's like, you're going to return this uh, foam roller, right? And I was mm-hmm. just like, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It'll get back there eventually. It's still technically in the building. Absolutely. And if you want to work out, come on up to 505. (laughs) (laughs) And, hey, if you are listening to this from my building, I know my neighbor who thinks I have a terrible speaking voice listens. Um, Come on down tonight. (laughs) But, no, you have a gorgeous voice for this. No, I have a Michigan accent. A Michigan accent is the cross-section of a fat guy from Chicago uh-huh. and a Jewish woman from Long Island. It's just all nose. I have to say I agree to a lot. Like, there's, I can see where they're coming from, but you still sound great. The Michigan Don't ac- let them in. The Michigan accent, I swear to God, it's so perfectly designed for correctly pronouncing Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> Nevada. Oh, yeah, it's I hard. Nevada. <laughs> no, nope. A lot of people do Nevada. Nevada. No way. That's what Nevada. I thought it was. It's Nevada? Nevada. Ugh. That's hard. Yeah, my, but... my, my face doesn't make that shape. But I, I could do that fine, but then I will, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say milk and bagel, and I'll sound like an idiot, but we talk about these caucuses on Saturday, I can discuss Nevada with the best of them. Hell Yeah. Okay, so, you know, getting into this one, I have uh, my normal spiel. I did about five pages of notes, mostly on the subjects of IPOs, but I think I talked to, we, we want to talk to Leif about making him a little money. A lot of money. A lot of money. Thank you. And, you know, you, you think, you see like a rich guy, you see a rich woman when you're a kid, they're like, uh-huh. they have $3 million. You always hear this this phrase. The first million is the hardest. Yeah. And, you know, doing this podcast for six months now, I think that's true because that's the only million you work for. Yeah. So if you're getting 10 per, if you have $100,000 and you make 10% of that a year, in your lifetime, you will make four, five, six times your money. It's so easy to multiply your money if you make the right decisions. And we are going to talk about those decisions today. Ooh, I need help. And so, like, really, if we talk about what you want to invest in, like, there's certain ways to do it. But I think, like, the most basic thing is look around you. I asked you for a product that you would, you see, that you like, that you see every day. And what was your answer? Uh, The AirPods. AirPods, of course. Yeah. That's a great Apple product. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary. It's it's they make it possible to have a phone call while looking like even more of a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> or most of the time it doesn't it just looks like you're just talking to yourself. Yeah, they really made it easy to multitask and be schizophrenic in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's acceptable now. I love it. And like Air AirPods, you think Apple makes like they have all the money they need, but if you were to have invested in Apple like when AirPods were first introduced, I think they started to roll out like four years ago. Am I am I incorrect to that? Uh that I'm not hundred percent sure because as the other part of the, the message I sent you is I will never buy them because I will lose them almost immediately. Like I'm I am god all I lose stuff, I drop stuff, that they'd be gone in a second. Absolutely, and they're too big for you to attach like one of those devices to. I need one of those finding devices, but the only things I lose, I lose my wallet every yeah. day. Oh, all the time. My keys, I don't have a keychain for my car keys, so it's only a matter of time. But if you were to buy AirPods in, if you, you see like, oh, I like this, it's early 2016, mm-hmm. I think this product's good, and you were to buy Apple... You'd have made 300% on your investment. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they're making bank on products like Tesla and Amazon. And I hate to say this because one of the big tenets of this podcast is we don't acknowledge cryptocurrency. (laughs) I'm going to break that here. Uh Uh-oh. I won't tell Matt. Don't worry. A lot of people made money on Bitcoin. Oh, I know people who made careers out of Bitcoin. 
Yeah, it, and there's they amassed so much money if they so sold much. at the right time, and you can still get in on Bitcoin yeah. and make money if you buy the dip. Uh-huh. If it's below seventy five hundred dollars, and you have seventy five hundred dollars around, which full disclosure, that's what Leif charges for an hourly podcast, and that's the friend rate. Yeah, absolutely. So then you just buy that Bitcoin, hold on to it for two weeks, sell it when it hits five figures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know someone who did it. I, I know it crashed not that long ago, like pretty badly. I have no idea where they were at afterwards. But I know for years, that's all that they they just got checks from Bitcoin or, or their investment. I don't know what you would call that. Their portfolio. Yeah. And they're just cashing out every few, every few months. And that's what they were living off of. Yeah, but it's going up and up and up. And Again? That- God damn. Yeah, now it's up to like $9,500 for a Bitcoin, and Amazon stock is $2,000. Tesla stock is close to a grand. It's up to $900 yeah. a share today. Ooh, I got a question for you. Can you buy parts of a stock? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of companies right now where you can sell par- buy parts of a stock. Okay. Like, if you don't want to get, you know, like a lot of the biggest prop, like the companies that are really great buys, like now, like... Nvidia is a company that's really doing well and it's considered to be like you know what it's going to change the way AI works. You can buy a share of them but they're like $300 a share. Mm-hmm. So you put 50 bucks in, you buy like 18% of one, that would be one. And you're 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 like a fun guy, right? Like you you <laughs> Thank you. You. <laughs> you you like space, you like mm-hmm. Lance Bass. I love Lance Bass. Richard Big Branson. Bass and like the the one stock that's kind of taking over, and like that's the way to really make money. Yeah. Uh, initially, is to just kind of be a rube, just buy <laughs> whatever is in your passing periphery that you uh-huh. think is kind of cool. Be a midwestern simpleton like our friend Mister Matthew Beck, his same body as a praying mantis. And like when he's buying that Tesla stock, he justify it by saying, Hassan Minaj liked the T-shirt he was wearing." <laughs> Yeah. I have to say when Tesla, the first stock I ever was ever like, that's something I would invest in was Tesla when it first came out and they were talking about all these big, like big ideas and everything. And I just wasn't, it literally until a couple weeks ago on this podcast, I had, I had no desire to be part of the market or do that. And the funny thing is that was the first time I did actually ever want to invest in a company. And I and as when they shot up between them shooting up a few months, like a few weeks ago, and then this podcast, I'm like, I should just get into investing, even if it's just a little bit here and there. Like, I need to do something. And there is a kind of good entry level opportunity right Mm -hmm. now. I'm probably going to buy a few shares in it if I get this money for the show tonight. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) But Virgin Galactic, we all know Richard Branson, Mm -hmm. like he's a fun billionaire he's had like the idea of having space travel for leisure so he opened up this ipo in october Mm -hmm. and um he kind of just sat there it's going for seven dollars a share and it's now skyrocketed pun intended of course up to 35 (laughs) dollars a share damn and like everyone on wall street is just going all in on like space travel for leisure yeah, and that's the thing that's sort of similar to the idea of cryptocurrency or a electronic car owned by company owned by like a Bond supervillain. <laughs> like you should buy, he really is. You should buy things that are cool. Yeah, and stuff that is stable, stuff mm-hmm. that makes your life easier right now is absolute trash. <laughs> stuff like honestly, if it adds a utility to your life whatsoever do not touch it Leif Uber losing money uh, Blue Apron wonderful service that's lost 95% of its value this year whoa a year ago Blue Apron was was being ready to go public and it was valued at 2 billion dollars now it's being sold for 57 million dollars. That's a lot less. That's a uh, lot less. Is it because is there a reason behind it and is it because the the market's now saturated with those types of services? Yeah, there's mar- there there's nothing unique about it. It can yeah. easily be knocked off and honestly, I did steal a lot off my neighbor's stoops. I think that's about the dent in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that. Would that be considered insider trading? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Short the stock after going around. Honestly, if I if I did I did wanted to do a, admit their peak, I wanted to start a nonprofit where I just stole Blue Aprons and I delivered them to a food bank. Oh, I love that. But just imagine like the it's also like it's a good deed, but it's also funny because like you have a bunch of like wonderful down on their luck heart, homeless people having to follow these directions yeah. it's like the it's like a weird do-it-yourself robin hood <laughs> yeah i love that god yeah. that's just a funny premise i want to see that as like a sketch now yeah if you can exist on the street you can exist with these fingerling potatoes these shallots you can make it work and also i think blue apron has a little bit too much packaging Sure. I hate throwing it out. It feels uh-huh. so wasteful. I'm throwing out 15 pounds of plastic every time. It's terrible. And I, I'm I'm against Blue Apron as a philosophical idea twice. Steal them. But that's a lot of value down the tubes. Yeah. And, like, Uber is something it makes all of our lives easier. Like, And I've had, like, in the last week so many listeners, they hit me up and they said, oh, you got to buy Uber. You got to buy Uber. And, like, Uber, it's a lot like Tesla in the regard that it's losing a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, like, companies like Tesla, companies like Amazon, they lost money for so long. Like, now it's not even considered a black mark on a company's portfolio if they're losing money. Like, SpaceX, like, everyone's losing their mind over this stock. They won't make any money for 40 years guaranteed and yet the stock is growing and but it's the same with tesla tesla loses more money than oh yeah most tesla doesn't com- like make stuff really like they make the cars but uh, yeah they're losing money on a lot of that yeah they well, they don't they, everything's open source they kind of take that ethos from the programming world which is very cool very interesting but they're yeah. not like set up for profitability no, like yeah. an american company is normally Interesting. So I, I, yeah, I, I, so yeah, SpaceX is what I would like you to buy. SpaceX. I'm going to take some notes. It's stupid. It's fun. And like, (laughs) honestly, if you're going to invest, like have some fun with it. Like, obviously you can be like shrewd and you could, another way you could do it is to like slowly invest over time. You, at the end of every month, you put $200 away. (laughs) <laughs> I wish I had that much extra capital laying around. Hey, I, I'm a workaholic, really. I can't stay still. So I'm like... Oh, me too. I just don't make money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you will, my friend. Oh, when I do. Oh, it's going to be a nightmare. I'm going to invest so much. Yeah, but that's the thing with investing. You invest, then you got to not touch it ever. That... So the I'll tell you, uh, the biggest reason I've not gotten invested like I've invested uh, that I've gotten into the stock market was because I am very obsessive and I just talking to my friend like seven years ago when I started my job he's like you need to invest you need to do this and like I was just playing around with him and we were looking at his stocks I found for the next two weeks I was obsessing over his stocks and I was so like it was getting like uncomfortable and it got to the point like if I ever invested I was like oh I would just I wouldn't eat or sleep I'd just be staring at my phone all day and I was always worried about that. But I feel like at this point, I'm in a healthier mindset to survive. Okay. Well, you, you can do it. You, that's a cough drop if you want one. It's Fisherman's Friend. We are brought to you this week. They're not our sponsor. <laughs> we, do, we do have a sponsor we're debuting next week, I believe. But Fisherman's Friend is the world's best cough drop. I love them. Five times the menthol of any other cough drop. And you say, okay, back back to the point at hand. You say you don't want to be obsessive. You don't want to look at this stock, which is something everyone does the first time they buy a stock, mm-hmm. um, make a bet, start working as a professional peeping Tom, etc. <laughs> <laughs> you get over pretty quickly, or that's what I'm told. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been victim. I can make that joke. I have been victimized by a peeping Tom before. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I caught a uh, meter maid uh, watching me masturbate at one point. Nice. And the worst part was I still had to pay my bill <laughs> <laughs> that month. Nice. Yeah, I, that's I feel very funny. that's more evil than anything Harvey Weinstein did. <laughs> <laughs> I straight up found somebody out front who was um, 
just peeping in my neighbor's windows. And I was like, you have to go. And they were very unhappy that I caught them. But I was like, you are doing illegal things. Please leave. Yeah, and it's funny because that's like the most evil way of looking. But it's the cutest phrase for it. Yeah, it's really... It needs a much more serious phrase. Yeah, like... uh I hear the phrase peeping Tom, and I think, oh, that's cute. <laughs> what na- this, neighborhood, this neighborhood needs more peeping Toms. <laughs> I yeah, I, I mean, I, I would jump straight to stalker, but maybe that's a little too much. Yeah, but stalker's it's, it's a little, not. And stalker, that, that word has been destigmatized in the past 10 years, too. We're all stalkers. We're all stalking online. People say that as if it's no big deal. And I'm like, that's a that's a that's that's not good. We need to make sure that we're not uh, stalking people. Yeah, but we, we all do it. And we're, what's the point anymore? We're all in our mid-30s. So, you know, anyone we look up from our past, they're just going to look slightly worse every time we do it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Social media has killed a lot of that. Like I, I work with, I have like a rival in uh, my my day job. There's uh-huh. another guy who works on photo shoots. Sometimes he points out that I'm balding. Some points, time he points out that I have a little belly, which I don't. I'm in great shape. Yeah, you're in phenomenal shape. And I, I, I saw him this week, and I was like, listen, we need to just acknowledge I'm gonna look worse every time I see you for the rest of my <laughs> life. You don't need to point it out. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's that's just mean. But I did. I did come up with an idea for for like you to not stress out. What if you okay. had, What if you had a model for investing? Uh, that would be good. So you don't yeah. need to check it. You just need to check the model, and you just need to check on certain dates. So do you know what an IPO is? Uh, um, refresh me. Okay, you have a company, and yeah. you're doing pretty good. Like this, a company of this size would be like. Casper Mattress was one originally. Mm-hmm. So they look at their sales, they look at their customers, and they come up with how much their company is worth. So they divide that by a number of shares, and they offer them to the public. It's an initial public offering, in IPO for short. Facebook is considered to be the greatest IPO in recent stock market history. Mm -hmm. The Uber IPO was considered to be a good event, but Uber didn't make any money after going public. An IPO is also called going public. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I got you. And in general, this year was a really bad year for IPOs. WeWork messed up the whole system for everyone. Anyone like Uber, Lyft, a lot of Smile Direct Club... Lost 85% of their value Jesus, since going public. And you have to trust your gut as an investor. You would have made bank if you thought people were going to be cool with having fucked up looking teeth. (laughs) And like, it's been a terrible year for the IPO. But on the whole, if you were to have just bought IPOs the day they came out, held on to them, you'd be up 30% on the year. Even though the story of the fiscal year is IPOs are terrible. Mm -hmm. So you can do that. And like if you work for a company, you get stock options, right? So when you have I when you when you have when company goes public, you can sell, but not for six months. So you've been investing in for five years. Like I know people, they're programmers at certain startups where maybe kill bicyclists with their robot cars. I don't want to name any names. (laughs) And the company, they go public. And if you worked for that company, you can't sell any of your shares for six months. So the model is you buy every stock when it opens. And then six months later, five months in like three and a half weeks, you sell it. And then at that day, once the lockup ends, people will sell off their shares. And when they that many shares are are sold off, the stock tumbles. From there, you can either rebuy at a lesser rate, lock in your profit, or you can walk away if you don't like the company. Sure. Okay. And I looked at this. I looked at this the numbers over the past five years. You would have been profitable every year doing this methodology. And I think I think we should try it. Let's do it. But I and I look and like I just kind of get into that. I came in this model and like I kind of nerded out for a little bit on yeah. IPOs. Like 
you 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 ask me like how do I decide to like invest in a stock? Really, all the stock like stuff I read is on Reddit. It's mm-hmm. on Twitter because there's not very many good resources. Yeah. But Medium.com, they have a new finance section called Marker, and uh-huh. it's great. They did a six-part series on the IPO. bunch of different writers did like 10,000 word pieces on the experience of taking your company public, why companies don't like the IPO anymore. And I really did just learn a ton from it. So I'm going to walk you through that in a couple different companies I thought were interesting. Cool. Just as like the rest of the episode. Yeah, that works. Yeah, because I know the the biggest issue I have is like I've been doing a lot of research. Everything is the every article I read is this feel good story. This company, oh, this company, it's their they're they're swinging for the fences. The De- David of Gl- and Goliath, like they're go- they're coming, they're growing. This is the one you want to go in, and it's like every article I read is like another one, another one, another another one. It's like. I could find I found hundreds of these articles just on the internet on a Google search and I was just like I there's I can't believe any of these because they're all just the same thing it's like almost the same article again and again and again and, and I was lost and the two well the, you know that that's like that generates interest mm-hmm. buying a certain stock on spec can be a fun and rewarding thing to do okay but the two most the you can also go the most conservative route and be tremendously successful. Like, in my opinion, the two best investment companies in the world, there's a company called Vanguard in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia that has amazing yields. There's a company, Berkshire Hathaway, based in Omaha, that has amazing yields. That's Warren Buffett's company. Sure. And their their strategy is to buy and hold good Mm -hmm. companies. Yeah. So Vanguard, what they do is they make like index funds. So mm-hmm. they they there could be like an IPO index. Mm-hmm. So you could make a you could put that model that I pitched in you like it could do that and you could be like okay, I'm going to buy into this model so it automatically does that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think so. We'll yeah. see when we get to when we get to the actual practice of it. Well, you, you a very simple way is like there's a there's like a the S&P 500. Uh-huh. That's actually like 505 of what Wall Street determines the best companies to be. Sure. You can go on to that list, you can leave that list, but any 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 time the market is open, you can mm-hmm. just buy stock in all of them. Okay. So that's a partial stock. You get a share gotcha. of them all. Okay. Like that's like a if you that's just a fun way to invest in the market as a whole because you know the market will go up as a whole. It, the entire economy is expanding. Yeah, and I didn't realize like when a, when a stock goes up, like after it goes public, it's not necessarily what companies want to do. Like these these Wall Street banks are like very skeezy. Yeah. So like when you go public, you don't put yourself public in most situations Mm -hmm. if you have an ipo you are going through one of the big wall street banks you're telling them this is my company divide it into shares distribute it to the public and you give the 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 bank a better price on the shares than you would give any customer Mm -hmm. so a lot of the profit when it's sold belongs to the bank rather than the company itself so the the shares will be worth money. The company will have money from the sales. But a lot of that, like, wealth belongs to the bank. And in addition, the bank gets, like, 7% of, like, anything that's sold. The stock market is just so fascinating and crazy to me. I... Yeah, that's it's that's nuts. I I'm like still learning like how it works, and like in my head, I'm like a company. They make a lot of good stuff, and as they grow, and that's how the stocks stocks raise. But then if you look at Tesla, like they don't really make money. They just have cool ideas, and it's skyrocketing. And to me, it's like it it almost seems like hypothetical money that we're dealing with, or like hypothetical. It's it's nuts. Yeah, there's the bet that it's going to change the world in some in some way. Yeah. Like, if you're just a good company, mm-hmm. there's no upside in it. Yeah. So, like, Casper Mattress had its IPO 
slashed in half. And I think like, uh, you know, all these like Blue Apron has its price gone down 95%. And if you're a good company that's like advertise on the subway level successful, mm-hmm. you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Like if you you knew you need to be on the tip of everyone's tongue, you need to be ubiquitous and beloved. And I don't know if that's necessary true for these average companies. Yeah, like I feel bad for Blue Apron. They're absolutely a disruptor. Disruptor. They do this thing. They do it tremendously well. And there's mm-hmm. like value in what they're doing. They're getting yeah. they're getting people cooking at home. It's good for relationships. I think oddly. I think so. Yeah. And there's no long-term sustainability for it. Like, Wall Street looks at that, and they're going, eh, fuck it. This does nothing for me. <laughs> it's, oh, that's, it's, yeah, that's, see, that's, like, wild to me. It's just, it just seems so crazy. Um, yeah, it's Subway ads, and I will also say, between Blue Apron, Postmates, if you're something I've stolen from my neighbor in one way or another, yeah. you are fucked. All right, I'm just going to need a list of things you've stolen. Uh, I'll stay away from those, and I'll start taking notes on what I see in the subway. Be like, I'll stay away from those. Yeah, I I did. I stopped stealing this year. Congratulations. That's great. Uh, I have a loophole, though. (laughs) I was a good... I I had a good scheme for a while. I did like to steal just because, you know, I'll try anything. Uh You know, it's fun to live and be alive and have new experiences and get adrenaline and punch security guards and run from the cops and... That's the kind of life you're trying to live out here. <laughs> it's New York, baby. But I will steal because a lot of times um, there's few varieties of homeless people who panhandle. Uh-huh. There's the people on the train. Mm-hmm. There's the people with the signs. And then there's the people outside the stores. And for the stores, I'll always go, hey, I don't have any money for you. But if you need anything, I'll get it for you. And, you know, I've done this ten times. Homeless people... Nine times out of ten, they're going to ask for a soda in a bag of chips, and I get it for them, but I steal them something healthy to go along with it. (laughs) (laughs) You are truly like a Robin Hood type character. I love it so much. It is just a microcosm of of my silly stealing blue apron ideas. Yeah. Also, good for you. Like that's the best thing to do. Like you're, it's it's a couple bucks. They're not really, they're not missing out on any form of overhead, and you're helping out someone, and everyone is happy. I think that's great. Yeah, and I I really got deep into this like IPO hole, and yeah. I, I tried to look up how do companies make money from underwriting an IPO, and Google corrected it to how do make company companies make money from underwater photography. <laughs> I assume that they don't. Companies don't make money from underwater photography. Jacques Cousteau and James Cameron make money from underwater photography. No one else does. Maybe if you're the... It doesn't help you if you shake your head. Oh, yeah, that's true. I agree. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Leif is nodding. Yeah. (laughs) The most experienced podcaster (laughs) I know. Yeah, I know. I've been doing this for five years. I'm shaking my head. That's the last time I get you a gift certificate to mime class. (laughs) I was just so excited to see Marcel Marcel on Fiverr. Uh... Fuck, that tickled me. It is true. Ooh. Fiverr is like the worst company. I have no idea how that company's still around. Like, I don't get it. They are the poster child for a late capitalist nightmare. Basically, you advertise your skills that you've acquired for over time at an incredibly low rate. Oh, uh, criminal. Yeah. Criminal rates. Man, now I'm just nervous how Matt's meeting's going. <laughs> Come on, Matt, get famous. We need this. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just... this. Maybe Judd Apatow has a movie he's developing about anorexic DJs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the role he was born to play. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and like there are there is a way for a company to go public and trade its shares and like a lot of Wall Street's kind of going away from Wall Street and mm-hmm. they're kind of doing their own thing to develop portfolios there's something called a direct listing sure where you divide yourselves and you sell it directly to the consumer and this is only being done in tech companies Mm -hmm. slack did it spotify did it 
and I, I got so deep in this. I spent this afternoon at a website called the Harvard Law School Forum on Corporate Governance. <laughs> and um, it def- it did include the the sentence, if Spotify's direct listing was a song, it would surely be on the top of today's top hits playlist. <laughs> which is pretty good corp- copywriting for the Holly, the Harvard Law School Forum on Corporate Governance. <laughs> Uh, the funny thing is, one of the things that uh, really inspired me to start getting into investing and l- and learning more and researching more is w- you saying like, oh, I sometimes when you have free time, you look up and you get into these Twitter holes and all that. And I'm like, oh, I do that shit all the time. And I was like, oh, I should be doing that as opposed to what I usually do. And it's like, I, and I, I at my day job, like if I have time, I'll get into a, a spiral of like sports and all that. But then I'll read all the articles I want, and then I'm just reading, like, articles about articles about what I've already read. And it's like, oh, I could just use that time to learn something that can better myself. Like, still catch all the sports stuff. I'm a huge nerd. Uh, but I, I it, it was you and talking about that and, like, being like, oh, I didn't just start doing all the research and going down these rabbit holes. I was like, that is what I want. I want to get into this stuff. I want to learn these weird things. Yeah, so I, I it started. I I had a, a handicapped aunt. I was very good to. Uh huh. And like I, she had her car stolen by this caretaker oh, who took advantage of me. her. <laughs> and when she died, I got ten thousand dollars. Yeah. And I wanted to buy a bed. Uh huh. But I just put it all. I I, I was like. You know what? I'm going to use this service called Wealthfront, who's a robo-advisor. Uh-huh. And I put the money in there, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to work extra hard every month. I'm going to throw a few extra dollars there. And now, like, five years later, I've got, like, a great safety net. Hell yeah. I would be well on my way if I lived in any city other than the one I live in. <laughs> <laughs> and that, but that's actually good because, like, oh, I have... Like I've got eighty thousand dollars, which is amazing. That's but great. It, in yeah. New York, it's like you've got nothing. Yeah, that's barely a year. <laughs> like I can, I can scrounge. Like I can't even touch it. I could just have to continue daydreaming and let it grow and grow and grow. And by then, hopefully, I'll ha- I'll just accidentally impregnate my girlfriend, be forced to leave the city, <laughs> and then I'll be set for life. <laughs> Because that's the thing. If you give like a low risk stuff, like all these old boomers who are like golfing and playing tennis and living lives, like they didn't make that much working. They just like f- slowly squirreled away, and then they're living off mm-hmm. the ten, the eight to ten percent yield they get every year. Yeah, like eighty, like eight percent of a million dollars is eighty thousand dollars a year. And if you own your house, you're killing the game. Oh yeah, and you see all these like you, your mom. She she retires. She moves to Florida. She sells the house. She buys a condo for like seventy thousand dollars. She's got like twenty thousand, like two hundred thousand dollars left from the house sale. Like mm-hmm. you put that in market, you live off the yield, and you get your social security. Like that's a good life. Yeah, that's more. That's a steadier income than any comedian I know with a Comedy Central half hour. <laughs> oh yeah, I oh boy howdy. Uh yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah, I that's and that's another like I really gotta uh, I gotta learn this stuff. I gotta invest. I gotta make well, some money. Well, our generation is gonna be the real test for us is gonna be because wealth is inherent inherited in this country. That's what it is. We haven't really hit our inheritance yet, but as a whole, this generation will inherit money after never having it our entire mm-hmm. lives. So, th- so that's the real test is gonna be to see whether or not our generation can make the right decision. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah, because, like, I think about people I know as, like, oh, you got $200,000. And, like, if you spend that money, it's gone immediately. But oh, if yeah. you're conservative with it, you can easily set yourself up for life. Oh, yeah. Barring, like, injury or, like, something really bad happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. Is it bad that I already know what I'm going to do with my inheritance? No, no. <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do with it? Uh, mostly just pay off my student loans. I mean, there's not. we're not talking a lot. My family is uh, what we like to call uh, dirt poor. And so I'll take what money I can get and just put it towards student loans because that is I'm just drowning over here. Yeah, but you don't think that'll change for you in the next two years? Depends on who wins the 
Maybe it's all private loans, though. So it'll I'll only get so much forgiveness on that. And it's been so long and it's still like 20, I think 20 ish thousand left in there that like I, I will get to that point. Um, and that's really mostly just a joke. I do have to stop making that joke because my uh, grandfather was in the hospital and I told that joke and my mom was not thrilled about it. No, no, you, <laughs> you, you can't acknowledge that anyone has money. That's why I like the, the comedian Scott Chaplin. He has a great joke about how it's the saddest when kids die because they don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's just a great premise. No that's one so inherits good. anything when a child dies. Yeah, which is very, very funny bit. That's a that's a good bit. God damn, that's really funny. See, I, 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 I was actually a smart kid. I got, yeah. I got a scholarship to go to USC, University of Southern California, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a private institution. They announced today that if your family made less than eighty k, your tuition is free, which is really great policy for them to have now. Ugh. So I owe like forty thousand dollars. Yeah. But I pay it with what I make in the stock market. So Damn. when I make money, like I just made this nest egg that yep. takes care of the rest. Yeah. So once you have money, like it is kind of a self-perpetuating machine. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get. I gotta get in there. Yeah. Because it's. Uh, I'm getting close. Oh, I'm getting close. I think within seven years, I can have it totally paid off. But I don't want to change the. I don't want to change. I don't want to consolidate because I'm so close. I've been paying it off for so long. I really just want these to be done because if I get them done, my life changes. That's so much more money a month. What's What's your monthly payment on I there? Pay them about six hundred. Okay, so then you just switch to your. You just put make make that year what you put away every month, and then your life will be changed. Yeah. Can I get two months though? I get to buy toys. Yeah, absolutely. What, to, what, yeah. what toys do you want? I haven't even thought that far. Honestly, a motorcycle. That's the first thing I want to get. Why we have we live in the age of Revel scooters, but uh, they're kind of expensive. I think. No I, way. Yeah. Yeah, long long term, you can get motorcycles for like if you know like how to like fix them up or like the basic concept of like keeping them together. I think you could pay off them pretty quickly because yeah. I'm I'm paying like thirty bucks every time I go on like a half an hour cruise or whatever. I mean, you don't cruise on Revels, but uh, you can get a motorcycle like five hundred. You can take on the highway five hundred cc, a few thousand bucks. Okay. Yeah, you you have my permission to buy a motorcycle. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. Which here is, we go, baby. Which is why we are here. Yep. And it's am- it's amazing that I got into Spotify stock this week. I was yeah. I was thinking about buying Spotify. There's not very many shares of it. Mm-hmm. It's like 145 shares, but I was I went to like a a weekend retreat with a bunch of friends. It was a good time. And one guy is there and he, he works for Tidal. I was like, "Well, how's Tidal do it?" And he's like, "Well, we are the number one music streaming service in Poland. So, yeah, I'm probably Spotify is probably a good bet. <laughs> Looking pretty okay. good. And Title is that a new is Jay-Z's company. Oh. They have like exclusives. They try to be really cool, but I think really their business model has just been we're going to play rap music for Polish people. Sure. Yeah, that's weird. So I was curious, like a Jay-Z thing, like, oh, that'd be fun, like, cool. But the thing is, if it started in Poland and it's growing in Poland, cool. If it started over here and now it's – but it's only big in Poland, that's a red flag. Yeah, but, like, Poland is so far behind. Like, they're the only country that would still like, oh, like, oh Jay-Z, he's the best musical artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. He last had a song in 2009. <laughs> Oh, uh, he's doing some stuff. Maybe. I don't know if it's any good. I guess I watched the throne was like two one twelve, and that yeah. was a good album. But I don't know what's there. It's mostly just him. He's doing stuff with Beyonce. Yeah, well, he's got to. We all heard Lemonade. We know how he treated her. <laughs> you got to make up to it, Mister Carter. Yes, you do. I asked him, "What do you call Jay Z around the office?" And it, it's Jay, not Sean, not Mister Carter. Jay. Interesting. Luckily, right. I didn't. I wasn't Bloomberg. I didn't sign an NDA for anything of that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited about all this. I'm gonna get real rich and famous, or just rich. I don't want to get famous. Yeah, you don't want to get famous. You no. want to get recognized every once in a while. Yeah, I was recognized once when I was coming up on acid, and that was enough for me. So. <laughs> Oh, what a nightmare. No, it was great. I was at a Lions game. I got recognized by a Lions fan for making Lions videos. (laughs) It ruled. uh, There was one night in which, uh, long story short, my friend made pot brownies. They were 
she does not do math, and I ended up having 16 doses, basically. What? It was too much. But the thing is, it takes me a long time to digest. Like, my, uh, it, it, so she was. That's why you have that, you don't eat after six o'clock. It's a whole thing, yeah. Um, she, she's basically passing out, and I was in New Jersey, and I'm like, well, I'm just gonna head home. I'm totally sober, and like, there's no sense of me staying here. I was walking through Union Square, and it hit. And when it hit, I slowly just like almost melted to the ground, like like slow, and like I ended up I'm, like kneeling on the ground, just like this can't look good. And then I hear uh, somebody say, and the thing is, I don't know how much of this was real, but a similar situation. I hear somebody say, "Hey, Eric, teacher." Which background? Uh, my middle name is Eric. I taught in Korea for a year eight nine years ago and they called me eric teacher and i look up and i'm just like i don't know if it was one of my kids or not but i was like only like 20 kids 20 people in the world know to call me that and i was like i can't deal with this right now and i just got up and ran um and i have no idea how real it was but i was like i just gotta get home and lock myself in my room uh because that'd be the worst also i would just destroy any form of reputation i had in that kid's head if it was even real if it was even real um, yeah, probably. And, like, it's sad when your work life, like, inter- interacts with your drug life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the saddest thing I ever did was I was on acid, and I worked for West Elm at the time. And I took my cousin into a West Elm, and I I talked about every piece of furniture and then what it was like to assemble them. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I was, like... I was a hundred yards from the Pacific Ocean at the time, but I was in this West Elm talking about furniture. But yeah, you were just home. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, no, that's why when I was in Jersey, I didn't do anything. I, bar- I, I barely drank. No, no, that's not true. I drank a lot with the other teachers. But when I was teaching in New Jersey, I did not touch drugs or anything. And then when I was done, I was like, "Well, that was a bad idea." Yeah, well, and New Jersey back, teachers baby. probably do a lot of drugs, and they probably do the wrong drugs. They probably do. The ones I spent, just big drinkers. Oh, New Jersey teachers drink like, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing how much they drink. Uh, it was actually after that, I, I was like, I need to stop. I stopped drinking uh, after I stopped teaching. I was like, I don't need to do this. It's too much. I'm tired. It's so weird that like these these objects that fuck you up, you can buy stock in them. Mm-hmm. You know, like... You could buy Budweiser stock yeah. <laughs> today. My friend just bought a bunch of Philip Morris stock. He oh. really thinks he thinks it's something's going to happen. And I was like, I think the opposite's going to happen. Jewel with like Jewel and with not in the last 6 months, nothing but bad news has come out for like Jewel and all sorts of these vape and all that. And I think they're going to take a hit if it, if more stuff comes out. But he he thinks he thinks it's gonna happen. Well, it is amazing because like oh from like from ten years ago, Philip Morris stock has nearly doubled. You think smoking is less than it's ever been? It's illegal everywhere. Yeah. But the stock market finds a way. Lobbyists find a way. It is it's like one of the strongest lobbies out there. It's basically the capitalist version of Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, you, you think you think Jewel was shut down by the federal government because Trump thought they were targeting children? I don't think so. No, 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 not at all. I was just I was mostly concerned about uh, or not concerned, but like that the backlash from all the people dying from all that. Uh, but it's it's already people that I know who stopped smoking their e-cigarettes or the jewels or whatever are already back on it. I'm like, guys, it has been six months at most. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, and there's all those places with, like, bootleg jewels. You get mm-hmm. the flavors you can't get anymore. Like, that's what you want to invest in. Yeah, really, I got if, it. If you, if you want to make money, buy some mango jewel pods, motherfucker. Yeah, sell them on Etsy. Ooh. I don't know. Is that where people Decorative mango jewel pods. Make them look nice. Just like a nice little carrier with all the mango jewel pods <laughs> in there. It'd be there. You go. That's what. See, I'm, we're doing this wrong. We're investing in the wrong things. Absolutely. We need to invest in ourselves. <laughs> I I do I I think I'm gonna open up a wedding venue in New York and just uh-huh. undercut everyone else. So like every other wedding venue? No, everyone charges so much money. If you just like leave the other venue, if you if you charge oh, ten thousand dollars less than yeah. every other company, mm-hmm. you'll be full. I all thought you were the talking time. about yeah. You're under, you want to undercut the other companies, of course. Yeah, that would be great. There needs to be a place in New York City where you can get married, have a wedding for a hundred people for twenty five thousand, like. Yeah, that that needs to exist. It doesn't. Nope. And I am going to bring it to the marketplace. You should. You'd make you would make a killing. 
long term that's what my all my money will go to eventually i'll just invest it in myself which is ultimately what we all should be doing mm-hmm. like if you're not playing that game what are you playing if you don't have something to grow and share with the world look look in the mirror take time figure out what that is mm-hmm. i actually think that that's why i'm ready to invest now is like i have been taking care of myself and i'm like oh no i'm ready to invest in what i think is right and i think i'm ready well i would buy life stock the studio is <laughs> great the thank you Everything's coming along well here, and you're shows, doing great work. All the shows are growing, and we got Just through. Got to make more money. We got through it today. No we Bacchus, did. no problem. No problem. I did my homework. Anything you want to plug for us? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Bear with Leif on Instagram and really just Instagram right now. Twitter, I don't use that often, and uh, I have a podcast called Beasts. Uh, the worst sports show with Kalen Palufo, uh, and go. It's on the Brain Machine Network, and also go check out the Brain Machine Network. There's so many great shows over there. And is um, there a website for the Brain Machine Network? BrainMachineNetwork.com. Also, the network has a Instagram and Twitter as well at Brain Machine Network. Ooh, BrainMachineNetwork.com. Wow, you have a lot of podcasts. Too many. I still have to update a lot of. I still have shows I haven't put on there yet. It's too much. We're doing cool stuff. I really, um, you should go check it out. We have a lot of really cool shows. It looks great. Thanks. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Joel Walkowski. I do this every week, obviously. Yeah. You know oh, about also, that. Thank you. Like, this has been so much fun, and the timing couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah, so let us know how it goes. We we won't be here next week. I've mm-hmm. got to record with the, with the guy who hates us. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Wall Street guest on coming next Ooh. week. So he has me reading a lot of articles over the weekend. Sure. But while I'm not reading articles, come check me out uh, Sunday at Caroline's at 730, 9 o'clock at The Stand. And I had an, more shows, but I didn't realize I was also in a wedding that day. So oh. I had to cancel them. And I can't uh, stress it enough. Check out Joel doing comedy. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, come over to my apartment tonight. You're welcome you to stumble. I'm d- gonna do a post show sta- sauna. Ooh, wait, you have a sauna in your building? Yeah, I sauna uh, every yeah. day. All right, there dude. Yesterday they turned off the lights in the sauna while I was there. It was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> oh, it's pitch black as hell. <laughs> yeah, pitch black yeah. in a in a 200 degree room is terrifying. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. Uh, but that's awesome. I will be coming over probably not tonight, but mm, soon. I, I literally do it every day. Ooh, now we're talking. Mm-hmm.